Hello, this is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And my guest today is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And we're going to have a little chat today about a particular Alexander Technique direction. It's, I think, kind of a new one. Um, I almost feel like I invented it somehow, but uh, it 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 was. But anyway, there it is. It's yeah, and about the direction and and a couple of variants on it and what the implications of that are. So the direction that I have in mind is I'm not doing as a direction, and anyone listening to that could certainly experiment with that. Uh, the idea. What I was thinking of is, okay, inhibition is a really good thing. Everyone agrees. But the question is how you get there. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me a, a direction like that is bringing direction and inhibition together kind of very mm -hmm. explicitly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so there's that direction. And then the two variants that I've been playing, and I think you've been exploring as well, are... I'm not doing anything, and I'm not doing everything. So tell me, I know you've been experimenting, and you shared this some of this with some of your students. What what have you found from um, playing around? Well, my initial, yeah, I haven't been playing with the kind of core, um, just I'm not doing. I've been playing with I'm not doing anything, and I'm not doing everything. Mm -hmm. So my initial um, response was that I, I I was very drawn to that I'm not doing everything. I was like, oh, phew, I'm not doing everything, right? You know, um, I don't have to do everything. Um, and that can lighten my load in this moment of how, what, what I'm doing. And yet the more and more I've played with them, the more and more I like, I'm not doing anything. The mm -hmm. more and more I notice that it seems to be mostly the more helpful thought. Um, but would you, um, in your experience, though, are they, in terms of when you use them, what comes out of that fairly similar between the two? Yeah, I, well, you know, I am noticing that I, um, what's the word? I am noticing that I let go of more excess tension, mm -hmm. typically with I'm not doing anything. Okay. And more I than with I'm not doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think and that happened that wasn't happening right at the very beginning first day or two of me playing with these two ideas mm -hmm. but the more i've kind of know that i'm not doing anything doesn't mean i'm not doing anything it right. means i'm it, it but it's telling myself there's uh, the way i interpret it um intellectually you know of course i don't really know what's going on is that um my body's recognizing with that there's a lot less that it needs to do. Right. Um, and be, uh, and it doesn't even leave the option 
with I'm not doing everything leaves the option that oh you're still doing something whereas right. which of course you still are right. um, but for me I think there's something about that and it also reminded me of the um didn't um you'd know better than me didn't Marjorie Barstow use a phrase like something like it's just a little bit of nothing or some, some... oh Marjorie Barlow yeah she used oh to... Barlow okay Barlow yeah. she used to say oh, it's just a little bit of nothing and then she would tell people when well when you go home from the workshop and they ask you what you were doing you probably shouldn't tell them that you learn how to do a little bit of nothing because they don't <laughs> know what you're talking about I should back up just a second that this mm -hmm. idea for this this direction, the original one, I'm not doing, just I'm not doing, leaving it open-ended, emerges really out of what are called paradoxical directions, which I know mm -hmm. you, you love and I love mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. where you, you, let's say you're doing an activity, like you're walking, you're going for a walk or you're hiking up a mountain or whatever, and you just say, I'm not walking, or think, I'm not walking. Mm -hmm. And Obviously, you're doing something that sure looks a lot like walking, but my interpretation is what you're saying to yourself is, what your prefrontal cortex is saying to the rest of your brain is, figure out a better way or figure out a different way, really. Just figure out a different way to walk. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be walking the way I usually do. I want a different way. And in practice, it's always the better way that comes out. It never, in my experience, has happened to anyone that they thought that and their unconscious brain, which implements all this stuff, says, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you a different way. How about a serious limp on one side? It doesn't work that way because your unconscious brain, even just because it's unconscious doesn't mean it's not doing a lot of thinking. And mm -hmm. it, it gets that this person wants to perambulate across the room, but wants, wants a different and presumably better way of doing it. And it, mm -hmm. yeah. so that's, that's sort of the origin of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm wondering, so for me, per, for, I, I think in terms of the, I'm not doing everything or I'm not doing anything choice, uh, my my guess is that that's pretty much changes from person to person. Mm -hmm. A person might have much better uh, results with one than the other, and it might change over time for the person. Mm -hmm. But that in general, when I've experimented with shifting around between the two, I don't sense a big difference. That's, that's my experience, but someone mm -hmm. else might. But the fact that they do kind of seem to overlap a lot, the anything mm -hmm. and everything, is, I think, um, su suggests that um, really, really reinforces the idea of what I guess people in the Alexander world like to call psychophysical integration, Mm -hmm. because the the or the idea that everything affects everything else you can't just separate it out one thing and and just change that without some accommodation to that everywhere in the system mm. and if if um you say if you think i'm i'm not doing 
uh, a specific thing like walking, well, a lot of stuff has to change that's beyond just that. Or if you mm -hmm. think I'm not, I'm not doing anything or everything, um, since they produce similar results, suggests that the two are very closely re related. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and in maybe in a very broad sense, it doesn't matter which one you use over time, that they're going to take you to the, more or less the same place. And that could only be true if there is that incredible uh, psychophysical unity that Alexander talks about. Mm -hmm. And precisely because, like, if I think, okay, I'm not, as I said, I'm not tightening my neck. Everything has to fit in with that, or it's not going to be a very useful direction. But the complexity of all that internal stuff is way, way, way beyond anything your conscious brain can deal with. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be outsourced, and it's basically outsourced to the rest of your brain and the rest of your body, which mm -hmm. does all that stuff at an unconscious level, but in in many ways does a lot more than the conscious brain does. The conscious brain, oh gosh, says, yes, you know yeah. what? I want this right. Fine. That's that's not that. You know, it's got to be delivered to yourself in a in a useful way. You don't want to be barking commands at yourself and so on. But you just you just indicate what you want very softly, and then the the rest of your body says, "Oh, okay, you can do that." And if you yeah. if you say something nonsensical like "I'm purple," which is a nice thing to play with, or green or yellow, whatever. It just says, "Oh, he's just playing games." And, you know, we're not we're not gonna even listen to that. Um, well, that's, that's interesting, hard. actually. I've got I found myself have to think of something much more boring because I do get a response to, um, "I'm purple" or "I'm green" because I I think it's amusing, and that in itself oh, is a, usually okay, so... helpful to my youth. Um, um, yeah. So I usually okay. have to like, okay, the pavement is gray, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of boring, neutral. Um, okay, um, so yeah, make it a little more detached from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just something I noticed recently. Um, um, just coming back to, um, I think it's quite personal how we respond to these different directions and Absolutely. and our subconscious systems will respond in different ways best based on your own personal experiences and history in relationship to the words in some way right um, Absolutely. But I, yeah um, but I noticed I'm noticing I'm also um probably at this point quite a skilled observer of myself in see in noticing nuances of use at this right. point in my Alexander technique journey, let's put it like that. But what I noticed with using playing with these two thoughts, um, when I was doing some um kind of um mindful movements and balance exercises the other day, is that the one time that I'm not doing anything 
seems detrimental to me doing these is with the balance ones because um, I don't know at that moment my body obviously felt it needed to do something to stay it got very unstable so it wasn't like I was trying to manage but I noticed that I was more unstable at that moment so it was just interesting to play with um, right. and, these directions and, you know, that, at different times. You might times. even find that changes over time. It That's... might, but at that moment, the I'm not doing everything was more helpful for the balanced ones. I mean, I think when most I, when people, I kind of went back and forth. If, if yeah. you say, if someone says, well, what's going on? And I say, and, and someone asks you, well, what's going on right now with you? You say, well, I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Most people would interpret that as, well, you know, she's just not doing anything. Yeah. But that's not what the direction is yeah. about. I it's think that's what my initial response wasn't so favorable to yeah. it. And the more I played with it and kind of I got to really understand, I don't know, I, I got, I think I got what you were after with the direction. <laughs> right. And and we were talking before the podcast and you, you um have a quote from one of your students. Well, um, I just at, at the end of one of my students' sessions last week, I just mentioned this this, this bizarre direction, and she has some experience with other other directions, so it wasn't out of the blue. And um, um, and I I heard from her a couple of days later that she'd been finding it really powerful. Um, and she said it creates a kind of a feeling of of stopping within her and I think that's in a in an what you might call an Alexandrian way a kind of a, a letting you know and that that she could move without thinking of how of what's happening next it kind of it sounds a bit like the kind of the idea of the when we stop doing the wrong thing the right thing happens which I think is yeah. is 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 kind of what this uh, paradoxical and inhibitory direction is about, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if um, you could read that quote of hers, because I think it's just yeah. a really good quote. Yeah. She said, it creates the feeling of stopping within me, and I just move without thinking of what's happening next. This morning, my art teacher and I were both amazed at how I did this painting naturally during my lesson without her guidance or my heretofore typical self-doubt wow oh, so so yeah, that's taking that's exactly it into a totally we different were... yeah <laughs> yes yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the thing that i also i think i mentioned this to you last time we talked um but it also played with adding um i don't have to to the beginning of these things. Oh. I don't have to do anything and I don't have to do everything. I find sometimes that I don't have to idea is very freeing in the same way I am free is freeing, right? Um, um, it makes it longer, but that's something I also played with and I came back to just the pure kind of, I'm not doing anything. Um, but a, a couple of my students really preferred that I don't have to being part of it. So it's just... Right notice notice how you respond and what works for you right i mean i think with any alexander direction it's gonna ha have different different results for different people and some people might really 
benefit more from one. I think that you got to be flexible. And I think maybe not to criticize the great man himself, but uh, Mr. Alexander, <clears throat> but I think when it came to directions, uh, I think, I think he was, it was very clever of him to come up with the idea of directions. But I don't think the directions he came up with were really, I think they were not optimal, I would say. And, you know, there's this phrase, you know, people would say, well, I can't, he, he would have rather lengthy directions, you know, neck to be free, head to move this way, blah, 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 you know, back length and the whole sequence of things. And people would say, well, I just can't do that. You know, it's just too much. And it is, it's too much for your pre, your prefrontal cortex doesn't have that many memory slots to start with. And most of them are taken up with crucial things that you better not drop. So, um, and, and he, but his answer was, well, how about, what was it? One after the other, all at the same time. I find that deeply unsatisfying personally. I understand what you're saying. And I can understand that when you're very familiar with those di traffic directions that you may, that, you know, they do kind of merge together and you may be able to use some sort of shorthand for yourself. So it Maybe. will, yeah. I do think they're fraught with dangers of trying to do them and make something happen. Um, and of course, the instruction is it's just a thought, but I think there are other directions where it's easier to not interfere like that. Well, like you know, <laughs> by, I don't, we don't know historically exactly when he started using directions, but by the early 30s, for sure, we have an interview. Well, we have a, an, a really nice piece written by George Trevelyan on his, mm. on his first training course, who made a point of, of asking Alexander questions and then writing down the answers. Mm -hmm. And Alexander said to him once, I don't have the exact words, but it was, you know, most of my students don't believe that all they have to do is think the thought and that will do the trick. That's pretty much his words. And he, mm -hmm. and he, he adds, they're all slaves to their muscles. I mean, so I think he was, he was frustrated with these, with how people uh, responded to his directions or didn't. And that probably or possibly, and this is a whole historical thing and I, who knows, but that could have been when he eventually said to his class one day, well, I can do it for them now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just zap them. And if I zap them enough, They'll Your get, words at this point. I don't my think he words. He didn't have to say exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that he would just, he would just use his hands in a way that got them out of their old use patterns to a certain extent, and they'd get better. And if you kept doing that, it, you know, someone could improve without doing any thinking at all. 
uh, and that or and or maybe the idea was you do the you do the zapping for a while, and then they get to a point when they can start thinking in a useful mm -hmm. way. Uh, I will say also that uh, Walter Carrington, mm -hmm. uh, with whom I had quite a few lessons when I was in in London training on a Walter Carrington type course, in fact the the first non first generation teacher of course um uh, i was i asked him once um uh what he would how what he would say to students when he was working with them because you know i mean walter would wouldn't talk about when my experience was he didn't talk about the alexander technique at all directly he kind of went into a little spiel that kind of got you into a good place and he said he said well he said for the first 10 lessons with a new student i'll do anything i can to avoid any discussion of the alexander technique which is pretty much the opposite of how i teach but yeah. i could see what he was getting at mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i just got to get them to a place where they can usefully start to think in a useful mm. way mm. and the, there the are different way I, ways the way I, he found worked for him was i just i use my hands i tell them little stories little metaphors and stuff and it's it goes into their brain and they get better and it works i mean it, it, it that that will work as a teaching method it's, it's not one that i like personally but it sure does work so yeah anyway. there are ma many different ways many different yeah. paths to mm -hmm. improvement well anything else you want to add to this um, discussion? i don't think so except that we i'd again be interested if people try out this little thought for themselves i don't have to do anything or i don't have to do everything and mm -hmm. just notice what happens to you when you Think that as you are walking along or sitting at your desk or uh, doing whatever. Um, so. Watching The Crown on TV. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I think this would be a good place to, to end. My, my guest today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. I'll put a link to her site. I'll put a link to um, maybe a, a, a page that, that talks a, about directions a bit or has a lot of mm -hmm. information about self-directing and a, a page that you can learn more about the Alexander Technique in general. So Imogen, thanks. Thank you so much for doing this. You're very welcome. Thank you.